Os sinais estão indicando que nós devemos trabalhar o serviço com a mente. That we should be working mente, our service with our minds. Ver, because the mind, as we will see, pode prestar muito serviço. Can render much e service. O serviço sem a mente estar em boas condições é without muito the mind being in good conditions is very relative. E Chegou uma pergunta a propósito da mente. O que significa nós fundirmos a mente concreta com a mente abstrata? E o que seria? Pergunta a mesma pessoa. E o que significa a mesma pessoa superior? to awaken one's então, higher intellect. Vamos ver a de tudo isso, so in regard to all this, mente, let us é look at the work with our minds, which is very fundamental, which is very basic in service. A mente e o corpo mental the mind and the mental body Cheios de níveis e de subníveis. Nós estamos considerando vários lados da mente. And so we are looking at several facets of the mind, several levels of the mind. Because we work on our mind and organize our mind, and then we surrender our mind to a higher light by degrees we go by degrees we go step by step and so this material side of our mind which is called the concrete mind this is a side of the mind that everyone knows There's no one who doesn't know the concrete side, the material side of his or her own mind. We don't know other sides of our mind, for example, the abstract mind. So this material side, this concrete side of the mind, everyone knows. Every being who has a mind knows this. Isto é aquela parte da mente que cria os pensamentos. This is the part of the mind that creates thoughts. That thinks. Então, so there's no one who doesn't know this. Não é a essência da mente. Thought is not the essence of the mind. The mind is not thought. But there is a part of it that is capable of creating thoughts, that is capable of thinking the way people do. This is one activity of the mind. And this activity of thinking normally focuses the mind on concrete things on então, external things. And so the thought that is created focuses e the mind on these things. Fica fica and the more this thought 
is unbridled, is out of control, the more the mind focuses on external and concrete things. And by focusing on concrete things, on external things, it begins to find difficulty in turning to things that are not concrete things that are elevated, the mind begins to find it difficult to turn to things that are not those of the world where it is in direct contact through the senses and so forth. And the more the mind finds difficulty in turning to higher things and to higher levels, the more it becomes distracted, the more it becomes dispersive, and the more it remains focused there. We who recognize this side of our mind, and each one should know to what extent this side is focused on concrete things, and each one should know to what extent this side is interested in higher things, in more elevated things, in things which are not the ordinary world. And so, those who are aware of their own state, of this side of their mind, want to concentrate, because by concentrating, they can elevate their mind. They are able to direct this mental energy toward things of other levels. And so those who want this concentration, those who seek this concentration, because without concentration, you cannot turn to higher things, because the mind is not used to this this side of the mind, the concrete side of the mind, is not used to this. The concrete mind is conditioned to concrete things. So to place this concrete mind, this thought, on things from other levels, you need concentration. And here, it's no use doing only doing exercises of concentration. And it's not enough just to desire concentration. Concentration really comes about when we renounce that which attracts us, that which pleases us, and that we see that that which is attracting us or pleasing us or is satisfying us and at the same time it is taking us away from the aim which we propose. Because if our aim is to think, is to keep in mind things that are elevated, here you have to look at everything that attracts you to common things, to ordinary things, to the things of the concrete mental level, the things of common life. Everything that attracts you there, you must reject. If not, you cannot concentrate. 
And today, with the development that has taken place in the mind and the coming together of various planes of consciousness and the contact between various mental levels within the mind itself, now, days, today, if you renounce, if you repeal, if you reject everything that attracts you to a dispersion, everything that takes you to that which is not your aim, your higher aim, then you'll be able to concentrate your mind concentrates by degrees and ends up in a necessary concentration. So for us to deal with our material mind, our concrete mind, our world of thoughts, we need concentration. And for us to concentrate, we need to reject that which leads us to be dispersive and away from where we aspire to arrive. And then the mind has this which we call the intellectual side. The mind has this part that is able to become separated from these movements of the body, this part that is able to be separated from concrete things, this part that is able to use concrete things and carry out a concrete life and at the same time see other things. But not everyone has this intellectual side of the mind developed. Some people don't have this side developed. Others are developing this, but others already have this intellectual mind developed. So intellectual mind that is developed is not what the dictionaries say, that the mind has a lot of news, a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, a great intellectual. It's not this. In this path of work with the mind, what we call an intellectual mind that is developed is this mind that, although it has thoughts, it thinks, although it's in concrete, practical, physical life, external life, dealing with all this, but it knows how to separate this from other things, that it knows how to not become eluded with all this external movement that it's able to go beyond this illusion of the senses. This takes place in the mind, that it's able to have a sense that something is being shown but not following it. This is the intellectual mind, this is intellectual side of the mind that is already awakened. And this intellectual side of the mind that is able to distinguish what the senses are saying, what the external attraction is saying, the external forces that are putting on pressure, 
This intellectual side sees this very clearly and goes to the side, to the direction it understands, the direction it chooses and decides. But this intellectual side also has to be developed. Because if it's not developed, if this intellectual side is not expanded, it tends to stay at the same point or to become atrophied. And then the mind goes back to the former state of being a concrete mind, a material mind only. And so this intellectual side of the mind, this side of the mind that knows how to distinguish between what happens that is inappropriate, that which happens that is obsolete as attraction, as situation, and the mind places itself in another direction, on another side, this intellectual side also needs education. It also needs to be evolved. Because in this dealing with the concrete side and with the forces of external forces of attraction and internal ones as well, on the level of instinct and others, so this intellectual side of the mind should be continually educated. So while individuals who are lucid on this path reject that which attracts them, they also should carry out a work to educate this intellectual side. So the material side, the concrete side of the mind, the factory of thoughts is controlled by concentration and the intellectual part, the intellectual side, this side which sees things and chooses and decides where it's going to stay, this side needs education. So here you have to keep an education a stimulation, an updating in this side. So as long as we don't have an aspiration to become uplifted to higher levels, we don't have energy or the means to educate this intellectual side of the mind. Because this intellectual side of the mind is not educated in an evolutionary and real way with news, with culture, with information, with instruction of the kind we receive in the world. This intellectual side of the mind is developed when its aspiration to be uplifted, to change levels, to develop consciousness, when this aspiration is expanded, is confirmed, that's when the intellectual side of the mind really matures, grows, and reaches that point of remaining at a level of vibration that it aspires that corresponds to its own vibration. And it's here when this intellectual side of the mind is in this situation 
of keeping its aspiration on a high level and of keeping this aspiration present the whole time. It's here that the mind enters into service and not before. It's here that the mind goes into service because here this mind really begins to act on the brain cells. This mind begins to act on the cells of the brain where the being is incarnated. And a mind that has its intellectual side in these conditions that keeps up a high aspiration and that is placing its energy in the direction that it chose, this mind begins to change the vibration of the cells of the brain. The brain cells begin to change quality. This is where the service of the mind begins, because until this mind begins this work, on its own brain, on it, its own matter where it is incarnated, this mind is not really in service, in the service of the plan of evolution, because for you to cooperate with the plan of evolution on the external level, in other words, for you to help others, you have to already be helping yourself, because if not, you haven't learned yet how to help others. You're, you will really learn how to help others when you already help yourself, and when your own matter is being helped by this consciousness of yours. All this is being said this way, but it's an unconscious work. No one has to be aware of this work. You see that people are already helping themselves, which is the first step. You see that people are already transforming, regenerating their material part. And this begins with the brain. It begins in the brain. You see that this is happening because the individuals are able to help others, because the individuals are able to go to the aid of others, truly. And then, when this process begins of individuals going into service, already working on their own matter with their own cells, and consequently already being in conditions to help others, helping others, then the higher psychic side begins to appear, begins to develop, begins to take place. The higher psychic side in the evolutionary sense of the mind and that some members of this humanity 
have already fairly developed this higher psychic side of the mind, this which we call the higher psychic side to distinguish it clearly from the intellectual and from the concrete and material. This higher psychic side of the mind is the side of the mind that begins to respond to the impulses from on high, not only to perceive but also to respond to them. So there's one side of the mind that responds to a higher call, that responds to, responds to impulses from higher levels. And so this side begins to accept this, begins to perceive this. And then the mind begins to perceive that it is receiving an influence that doesn't come from the outside. It's not the influence that it receives from the world and from other people and from situations of external life. The mind discovers that it is receiving an influence, but that it doesn't come from the outside. And then this influence begins to take place and begins to be implanted independently of the mental mechanisms the person knows, independently of thinking, of concentrating, independently of maintaining an aspiration. When we perceive this, it's good to remember that this can also be educated, that this also can be instructed, that this also can be expanded. And there's no exercise to expand this. There is no exercise that can actually expand your higher psychic side. Here it's a question of living, that which we call obedience, and of living that which we call humility. And so the great majority are able to perceive this psychic side of the mind, but don't develop it. They don't live according to this inner influence because they don't have obedience and don't have humility. And so they go through incarnations in this, on this threshold. And it's no use knocking on that door. Here we have to have obedience and humility. Without these two qualities, without these two situations, without these two states, no one can go beyond the threshold of this higher psychic mind, of this feeling that there is a beneficial influence, a higher influence wanting to draw it on. Without humility and without obedience, one doesn't go beyond that. Obedience means observing all this and following this way. And so if you discovered in your concrete mind that something is attracting you and you don't follow, this is disobedience in this sense. All that you already know that is, but you don't do, all this is disobedience. And humility is for you to reach this point 
and to know very consciously through the process you have lived through so far and not be convinced that you have already done something. Because if you consider everything that has been done so far as something real, then this is lack of humility in this process. Of course, in other processes and from other points of view, humility is something different. And this would not be a lack of humility. It could even be a stimulus for the person. We're talking about this level, this point, of transcending the threshold of this higher psychic mind, of going from lightly perceiving this higher influence and to go on to a situation of really living this influence, of really being surrendered to this influence. For this we need obedience and humility. If there is obedience here, if there is humility here, if individuals feel that nothing has been accomplished so far and that everything is yet to be done, then they will naturally, without any effort and without any exercise, they will naturally begin to respond to these impulses. And these impulses will become intensified. And as these higher influences become intensified, that which was rationing, rationale, logic, criticism, all these characteristics of the human concrete mind, all these things will give way. All these things will become redimensioned. And then, as this capacity to reason, this capacity to have logic, to be comparative, all this can be here, but intellectually, you already separate these things from the rest. So, as you have these things as your instrument, but you don't act, you are not subordinate to all these things. Then a unity begins of these three parts, a kind of harmonization, a kind of summation of the best vibrations of the concrete mind, the best vibrations of the intellectual mind, and the best vibrations of this higher psychic side of the mind. These begin to come together and to form a small nucleus that elevates the rest of these three sides, these other three sides, these three states. And when the best qualities and the best characteristics of this concrete side, of this intellectual side, and of this higher psychic side begin to come together, then the mind becomes calmer, the person who criticizes doesn't feel good about it. When the person breaks silence, he or she begins to feel out of place. 
all this is the result of the unity of these então, parts aí, of the mind. Se começa esta união, se se estabelece so, este princípio de silêncio, begins, se esta crítica começa a se begins, this criticism begins to calm down, this capacity to divide, to separate, to disunite, all this begins to calm down, and then this mind begins to have an impulse, the mind itself begins to have an impulse to plunge into that side which is attracting it. It's the mind that decides this. This is not obligatory. This is not compulsory. When it's in a relative state of silence and when it's already cleansed of the characteristics of the normal mind, that's when this impulse comes to plunge into that part which it doesn't know but which it knows exists and so this mind becomes dissatisfied with the resources it has it becomes dissatisfied because it knows within itself there is more and if it really wants this then the other side which it doesn't know yet begins to attract it but at this point it begins to perceive that something else exists that is living within it and that which begins to see that something else is existing in there this is the side that we call the spiritual side of the mind which is the side that was there internalized and silent and so this side then begins to come forth if silence was kept this side begins to emerge and through this side of the mind we begin to see clearly what are the relationships to that which is inside which we don't really know what it is to the things, to people, to the world, to everything we begin to perceive what is this relationship that has nothing to do with the relationship we used to have. The relationship we used to have to everything and to everyone was purely mental, intellectual or psychic. And here we begin to perceive that that inside relates in a different way to everything. And at this stage, we begin to be very interested in relating to things in that way, and we don't really know how to do it, we haven't learnt it yet. And so this spiritual side of the mind is going to teach us, it's going to take us to this. And when we perceive this, when we perceive that there is this other kind of relationship and that we have to relate in this way because we have to live with the world, with others, with things, the mental body is incarnated here in this planet. 
quando a pessoa chega nesta crise, and so when the person reaches this crisis, de forma que ela já sabe que não é para ser, that he or she relates in a way that is no longer meant to be. This is a very interesting crisis. And we only are going to perceive how this relationship is and how it should be. And we only begin to manage to relate to others and to everything in another way, not by doing exercises. Because humans today have no exercises to be done. They are all internal. So here, when individuals reach this situation, here it's faith and silence, which are what we need to really enter this other way of relating to everything, to life, to life here. And here it's a question of faith and a question of silence. And it's here while you begin to learn because this inner side, this spiritual side of the mind begins to teach you, you begin to be freed from logic, from separativeness, from this human mental reasoning. All this may even continue to exist in you, but you are freed from this. And then you begin to be, to relate, not according to anyone's logic, not according to the official separativeness. You begin to relate in another way with everyone and with everything. And it's here that you will get to know another type of thought. And what you discover here, during this knowing, this relating, during this new relationship that you begin to live, that you begin to know here, is a thought that emerges and you didn't think it. This emerges from the spiritual side of your mind, from the spiritual level of your mind. So there is also a capacity to present a thought without having been thought. It's the, this spiritual side of the mind is very close to that which we call the abstract mind. It's very close to that part that is abstract in the mind. And so this spiritual side is going to present thoughts to you which you didn't think. And you know these thoughts are yours. And you know that this thought is yours, but you didn't prepare it. You didn't think it up. But it comes to you as a thought. Now this thought that comes as a thought, but you didn't create, this let's say, is the mental side of that which is happening in the abstract mind, because the abstract mind has no thoughts. But this, these thoughts of this quality, which are thoughts that you did not create, these are a reflection of what happens in the abstract mind. 
And this abstract side of the mind, of course, it can't be described in these concrete words. If not, it wouldn't be the abstract side of the mind. But let's say farewell to concrete things. Let's let go of concrete things and of this everyday mental relationship of everyone. We let go of this when this thought comes forth that we did not create. This is the last concrete thing that happens in this process. This is the last concrete thing that happens. And if you follow that thought, because this thought is positive, it's evolutionary, it comes from the spiritual side of the mind, it's a reflection of an inner core. If you don't reject this thought as you used to reject the other ones, now here it's the opposite. Now here you have to take on this thought. You have to identify yourself with this thought and agree with this thought. This is the end of your concrete life. Even though you may continue in a concrete body here, eating, sleeping, working, doing what everyone else does, but here you have already let go of concrete life. And it's here in the spiritual side of the mind that you let go of this concrete life, even though you continue living in it like everyone else lives. And as long as you have to live through karma or through service, but you have disconnected yourself from it because the last concrete thing that belongs to you is this thought that came to you without your having created it. From here on, it's goodbye to concrete things. From now on, you will be facing that which the abstract side of your mind grasps from levels beyond the mind. I don't know what it is. We can't describe it because it's an abstract level. And it's a level that's not concrete. It's a level that cannot be described, but it's a level where you come into contact with impulses that are supramental, that are beyond the mind. And this abstract side of the mind, this abstract mind, can also be developed because it begins to receive impulses from the soul, then it begins to receive impulses that are intuitive, and then it begins to receive impulses from a spiritual level, from some higher level, if some hierarchy sends us some impulse, this is registered here in the abstract mind. And the abstract mind passes this down to the spiritual mind. And there something is created that can be transmitted and understood by our conscious side. But if we are discarnate, we don't need any of this. This, our soul that is on the limits of all this, receives these impulses and there's no need to create thoughts or forms or words with this. And in this abstract side, there's no possibility 
of these other sides of the mind to enter. They don't enter. This is a fire. This is almost an electricity that burns all this. It burns everything that is not abstract. It burns everything that is not an impulse from a level that is above. And this abstract mind, we can know that it's being developed because we receive higher impulses with a lot of conviction and we receive them with a lot of consciousness. And we know that these are impulses that are not ours. There are certain impulses that come from the hierarchy, impulses that come from other worlds, from other levels, impulses that come from councils. We receive these. And we know very clearly without thinking. It's not thinking that we know. And the development of this abstract mind naturally takes place as this which gives you an impulse helps the development of this mind. And so a hierarchy works with us on the mental level only on the abstract level. If not, the hierarchy will work with us on our souls or on our monads or our body of light. But on our mind, it works on this threshold, where you, um, I don't know if you enter, but this threshold that you perceive the presence, because there you have no doubt about the impulse, and you have no doubt. This is the abstract mind. Of course, at this point of the mental process, while all this mental process is taking place in this race, because this race of the surface is a mental race, and this is the process this race should undergo. It goes through millions, thousands of, of processes, but it, none of this belongs to this race. This race has a mental process. And so while this process is taking place in the race of the surface of the earth, this is indirectly happening. And without your having to work on anything or get involved in anything, if this mental process is taking place in all these levels or in one of these levels that was described, what we call the state of the emotional body, the things of the etheric body, all this begins to be worked on indirectly. All this begins to be indirectly resolved. Because this mind, or these parts of the mind, which are more worked on, radiate to the lower levels. They radiate to their own lower levels of the mind, or to the emotional body, or to the astral level, to the etheric level. And this can reach even the physical cells, so that the race of this surface, if it were conscious of its own work, it would have no work at all. 
not able with this emotional or physical etheric, because the work is all here as it was described. They are doing another work, a low work, either through ignorance or because they lagged behind. This is the point of this race. And so all that has to be done in this, from this process down is done, it takes place, but you don't have to be involved in this. You have to take care of this mental path up until the spiritual mind and then surrender it. Up until the spiritual mind, you have to take this forward with your value, with your effort, with your will. And when you reach the spiritual mind, you have to surrender it. And you don't have to be concerned about emotional, physical or etheric body. More beyond that which is strictly necessary for these things not to dissolve before their karmic time, that they have to be here functioning and working and contributing in some way to evolution. Because on each of these levels, down to the physical, which is not even considered in cosmic evolution, until the, down to the physical level, all render service. Here it's a question of our perceiving our place. And it's a question of our really recognizing the level of our work as a race, as a, the current human race, and of really renouncing doing regressive work on our emotional, etheric, our physical bodies, because this, this takes place naturally without perceiving, it takes place mechanically. But don't put your energy there because that energy is stolen. It's energy taken away from the path. The process of the race of the surface is to be in this mental level, doing, creating and being lived, living and being lived by all these things. Meanwhile, that which was emotional body as a separate body, besides being treated and healed by the radiation of all this process which comes down, this becomes rescued in what has to be rescued and there are hierarchies and laboratory space vessels that rescue entire or parts of emotional bodies. And here then there is a rescue of this material and this material becomes included in the mental body because in the next stage of this race there will not be any separate mental and emotional bodies as there are today. These are going to be united in this process and much of the material that is rescued from the emotional body is included in the uh, mental body and so the mental body is gre greatly enriched and this is important because when a higher process of existence begins to take place a more continual process 
of your grasping the purpose from on high, of grasping the energy from on high, of grasping the plan of evolution, of grasping the impulse from your monad or the impulse from your hierarchy, when the time comes for you to grasp this, this means that you have a higher intellect. And so higher intellect has nothing to do with the intellectual life on the level of the mind. This process of the higher intellect is this capacity of this mental body already fairly integrated, of this being to be able to grasp these impulses, to grasp this energy, to grasp this radiation, whatever, this grace, grasp this from the higher levels. And the development of this higher intellect continues because if this higher intellect is already present, this capacity to grasp this, this higher intellect has a development to undergo like everything else has a development. So it grasps this and its development is to learn to radiate this and to radiate this on a higher level. This higher intellect does not radiate down here. This higher intellect radiates this on its own level, on the higher level, on the higher mental level. And there this intellect goes on developing. And then this higher intellect, besides grasping and radiating, it begins to learn to use these impulses and not to keep them just for itself. It learns to use this. And so when it begins to use this, when this intellect begins to work in this sense, grasping and uh, radiating and administering this and using this in service, then this being, this nucleus, seems to be drawn, attracted, uh, as though it were seeking to get closer to a higher aura, to a higher consciousness. So with this higher intellect in embryo or in formation or already in activity, the being is in the periphery of a hierarchy. The being is in the aura of a hierarchy. This is a, a coming close to the aura of a hierarchy forever. Forever means to enter higher service because a hierarchy has several tasks, a hierarchy has several nuances, a hierarchy has several things to manifest on various levels of consciousness that needs these agents, that needs these extensions, that needs these channels. And so here, a relationship is set up that is a hierarchical relation, but not for you to benefit from the light of the hierarchy. It's a relationship for you to be a channel 
of that which a hierarchy passes down, and here, according to the levels in which this higher intellect is already working, is already in action, this hierarchy can send out an extension and can work on a level that is more and more external and can extend its capacity of light, of love, and of power. But it's with the higher intellect that this connection then takes place. This is a service network that begins with your regeneration of the brain cells in your physical brain and ends up with you or you or the group are in a position to be an extension of a hierarchy. It goes all the way from your work on your own cells until this. This is a service network. And then, on all levels, on all planes, in all gradations of this process, there are beings who are connected, beings who are forming então, a network. And so when we talk about service network on the physical level, we are also talking about this. We are talking about a work in this sense. Because it's in this service network or in a service network of this quality, of this level, that we can really cooperate with the plan of evolution, the higher plan of evolution. Because since the Earth is in a stage of transition and this humanity and this planet are going to go on to a higher level of consciousness, there is a need for higher levels of service networks. There is a need for service networks that can serve in this sense. It's good for the service network to watch out for this. It's good for it not to lose sight of this, because if not, there will be no collaboration with the higher plan of evolution. There will be collaboration with the plan of evolution here, which is already a lot, it's already a miracle, but no service network or no being in service who matures who grows in consciousness will remain limited and adjusted to, to material service taking place here. Because behind this very necessary material service, there is the service network of the higher level of evolution, higher plan of evolution. And here, the service must find the key, the point, must find the state there within themselves to enter into this other side of this network, this inner side of the service network. And this should not be complicated or impossible, because if the group, uh, let's say, is fairly attuned 
to the idea and the vibration of the group of souls which it is and we can see if it is attuned to its group of souls as it begins to transcend all human things, human things here, human life here, then we can see that they are attuned to the group of souls that they are and those who are attuned to the group of souls in service within this service network in the sense of a higher plan of evolution and then it's a question of opening up saying yes to this and going back to the beginning watch out for all that should not be watch out for that which is superfluous Watch out with that that turns you astray. Watch out for that which does not is not coherent with your purpose. If not, you'll just stay here on the external service network, but you will not enter the other work, which is much broader and which is more, much more current for the planet at this moment, because the planet has to enter into service. The planet has to serve other planets that are in embryo by freeing itself from the state of being a non-sacred planet. It has to become a sacred planet to open up space, to open up the way in this inner space for the planets in embryo, the embryonic planets, to begin their planetary life in gestation. This is the service that this planet has to render. It's opened up the space for others. So you also have to stop being embryos of people. You have to be really people. People, we're talking about people. Because all this that was said is within the mental path. It's the mental path. So it's people who are involved in this. And so, service network is something that now we can begin to discover what it really is.